0: I sent my oldest son off to a youth retreat this weekend. He was hours away. And like at any time when I'm not with him, I really missed him. But with that great distance and for those several days, I was really feeling the disconnect. I'm so glad that he had his Gab phone along. I was able to send him a quick text each evening to ask about his day and to tell him that I was praying for him. Have you heard of these things? The Gab phones? That's Gab. G-A-B-B. They look and feel a lot like a smartphone, but they aren't connected to the internet in any way. A user can call, they can text, take pictures, and even listen to music, but that's about it. With the Gab phone, I had peace of mind knowing that I could get a hold of my son all weekend, but that he didn't have access to the internet, and most importantly, the internet didn't have access to him. He wasn't scrolling social media or being sent shady photos from total strangers. He wasn't wasting time playing video games or being taken advantage of by cyber stalkers. If you too are interested in purchasing a regular cell phone that looks and feels like a smartphone for your kids, you can grab 30% off a Gab phone or a Gab watch right now. Head to gabwireless.com and use promo code MOMTOMOM at checkout. That's capital letters. M O M T O M O M. So once again, go to gabwireless.com and use promo code MOM2MOM. Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. We're three generations of moms who've experienced nearly every season of motherhood. Of course, we don't have all the answers but you can be sure that we'll always point you to the one who does. We're pouring a cup of coffee and we're chatting motherhood today. Pull up a chair. We're really glad you're here. Colossians 3, 18 through 19 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them implying that husbands are to be the spiritual leaders of the home. But what's a wife to do when she wants to be obedient to this scriptural mandate, when she wants to submit, but her husband doesn't seem to want to lead? Or perhaps he leads but doesn't lead well. Maybe she feels like he's too passive, or worse yet, that his leading isn't very Christ-like and appears to be taking his wife and his kids in an unbiblical direction. What's a wife to do? Well, today, Kate September and I are going to be discussing ways that we wives can encourage our husbands in their God designed role as spiritual heads of the household. Before we dive in, I want to just mention that we're tackling a lack of leadership and our response to that lack here today. This is different from spiritual, emotional, or physical abuse. So if you are in a marriage where abuse is present, we'd encourage you to seek the help of a trusted friend or pastor or civil authorities, if that's appropriate. Abuse is a breach of a marriage covenant, and it's definitely not condoned in scripture. But again, that's not what we're referring to here when we speak of leadership struggles. I also want to mention that in having this discussion, we're assuming that your husband is a follower of Christ. If he's not, that's a totally different discussion that we would have another day. So those are the two caveats leading into our discussion today, ladies. I think, first of all, as we jump in, I think that term, you know, spiritual leader is a bit ambiguous. In fact, the Bible doesn't actually even mention that term. So what do you think spiritual leader even means and what are some of the responsibilities that go into that role?
1: Well, for me, when I first hear the word spiritual leader, I think um, someone that is leading a group or an individual where there is a need spiritually. Um, so that might look like prayer uh, petition biblical discussion teaching, more importantly, a call to live b- biblically to model that and. Um, and I agree. It is very, it's very ambiguous, and we use it a lot in the Christian circles. Um, I'm not sure if if uh, homes that are not based in Christianity even use that term. Um, who is the spiritual leader of your home? You know, and so I I feel like you're right. It's very ambiguous. But those are the responsibilities that automatically come to my mind when when I think about.
2: I think we're all called to be spiritual leaders, and I don't think it's gender specific at all, in my opinion. Men and women are both called to be spiritual leaders. I I believe a spiritual leader is first and foremost a servant. Jesus beautifully modeled servant leadership when he washed the disciples' feet, setting the example for us all. For me, a spiritual leader guides and inspires, and I think. They provide grace and encouragement and physical support, and also protect and defend those in their care. I think the responsibilities include, of course, prayer, but also leading by example and having a vision for the ones that you're leading. Mothers and fathers are both spiritual leaders of their children, as they are both looked to for love and protection and for teaching and nourishment. I'm convinced that every servant of Jesus Christ is called to lead in humility and faithfulness. I think we're all spiritual leaders in some aspect.
0: I think you're right, Kate. I think um, in the realm of spiritual leadership, you know, we are all Christ followers. And so in following Christ, we all should be and take on the role of servant leaders. We'll get into um, some of that in just a second. I think when we're unpacking what the Bible says, um, and refers to in the realm of leadership, and I'm specifically thinking in the realm of a husband leading a wife, I see that he obviously has to have a relationship with the Lord that that should be a given. He should love his wife as Christ loved the church. And, and that's a sacrificial love. Let's not forget that he laid down his life for his bride, the church um, I think a husband should point his wife to the word so that she can be presented holy to God and, and he should be unified with her. And that's found in Ephesians 5, 25 through 31. I will put a link to that verse, these verses in the show notes if you're curious to look those up. I think a husband should serve his family just like you had mentioned. That, that's usually where we get the idea of servant leadership. And that comes from Matthew 20, 25 through 28. And I think he should take the responsibility for the final decisions made within the home. You know, we can look to Genesis 3 as an example of this. When Eve ate the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, the fruit that God specifically told him not to eat, God came looking for him when it was eaten. He held Adam responsible for the sin because he had given Adam the authority to keep the garden home and everything that was in it. So I think, although not explicitly said in scripture, I think it's modeled in scripture. So do you think that there are some roles that some women mistakenly assume are the job of the spiritual leader, but maybe aren't?
1: Well, I feel like things like devotions, um, maybe... Making spiritual decisions that lead the family without the help of their helpmate, leading prayer time as a couple, um, discipling the kids in areas of teaching where maybe they're not gifted. These are areas that I listed from personal experience, and as I've spoken over the years, these are areas that I actually have been presented with that I feel like we have mislabeled as spiritual leadership, and so. Those are very short. That's a very short list, but those are very um, personal issues that I myself have worked through over the years. And I know a lot of other women that have shared that with me um, have come to that, you know, and, and mistakenly assuming that their husbands are supposed to be leading them those specific areas in their home where maybe they're not.
2: Yeah, I agree. You know, I think some women may think their husbands have to be Bible experts, And that's, that's just not true. Or maybe they believe they have to constantly be studying or taking courses or listening to podcasts, but usually not always, but often the men are the ones going to work and the women are typically home with the kids and we've got more time to study and listen to podcasts. We have this thing stuck in our heads about how men should be and how they should lead but all men are different. you know, we have to give them grace to lead the way they're designed to lead and not force them into a box that says they need to do it a certain way. you know, the way the way that we've seen it on TV or seen it in a you know some something some way that we've seen it, that we think it has to be this way. Not every man is comfortable leading family devotions. He may be more comfortable taking your son out fishing and talking about God. Than opening the Bible and doing a reading in front of everybody. That just may not be him. I don't know. I think we just have to be flexible and find out what is he comfortable with and not force him into into what we think is normal because we saw it on Focus on the Family or some other website. You know, does that make sense? I, I think we have to make the job fit the man, find out what he's comfortable doing. I mean, maybe he needs to stretch a little bit too. I'm not saying he doesn't need to learn and grow, but- Sometimes I think we're just trying to force them into some mold that we saw rather than how did God create him? What's the way he's going to best express his love for the Lord rather than just trying to fit some way around him? I mean, I just know with my husband, like he's wonderful at prayer. When he prays for people, it just it blesses me. And he doesn't even see how good he is at that. But yet other things that I would try to force him to do, it wouldn't be him. And I don't want to put him in that box that, well, other guys are really good at this. And we start comparing them thinking that our husband has to be like the pastor. Well, if he were like the pastor, he'd be the pastor, but that's not what God called him to be. So I think we just have to maybe just extend a little more grace.
0: I think it comes down to spiritual giftings. You know, yeah. teaching and preaching and pastoring, those are spiritual gifts that not right. everybody has been given to equally. Exactly. And yet, we look at our husbands and expect them to have those gifts simply because that's what we see in other men. That that just doesn't ring true to scripture. I think some people incorrectly assume that a gentle or a quiet man isn't leading his family well because his leadership maybe isn't as demonstrative as other men who are more outspoken or maybe extroverted. Or similarly, that a woman who is perhaps more vocal than her husband and likes to teach and disciple is not submissive or is usurping her husband's role. I don't think either of those assumptions mesh with the example that Christ left us. As the head of the church, he was and is the authority, and yet he exemplified extreme gentleness and meekness and humility. He was a leader, but he was also a co-laborer in God's kingdom. And as the son, he submitted to the father's plans, but that doesn't mean he was silent. That doesn't mean he didn't have influence. It doesn't mean that his worth was any less than that of the father's. It just means that his role was and is different and that he willingly placed himself under and was held accountable to the father's authority. This wasn't forced. It wasn't coerced by God. Jesus did it willingly. And I think when we have these very black and white ideas of what leadership and what submission is, we get ourselves into some real um, theology gymnastics, shall we say, where we have to bend the truth so much to fit our formula in, in order that it'll fit. So what are some practical ways we can encourage our husbands in their role as a spiritual leader in the home without being critical?
1: Well, I think that's the biggest word right there, uh, Jamie, is to encourage them. I think it's hard for women who crave spiritual leadership, and that is good, and um, then become discouraged because it may not look like the formula, like Kate said, um, what we're expecting uh, that spiritual leadership to look like. And I think what happens is um, our eagerness and our craving to be spiritually led um, turns into maybe bitterness or anger and frustration. And so instead of encouraging our husbands, we just resent them. And I think that is what the most feedback I've had from other women in their homes. Um, You know, there's a few common things in marriage and families, especially when it comes to spiritual leadership, but this is one of them. And, you know, I myself have a story about that. It happened to me. Um, So I think that line is so fine and we have to be really careful that we're not, Um, dictating and demeaning with our words, you know, but like you said, how can we encourage them? So a few things I personally have learned um, to provide materials for spiritual leadership over our family, things I know that would be good for us to cover, to order them, to get them prepared, to have them ready when we sit down as a family and say, okay, this is what we're working through, talk to them, what do you think? Are you comfortable with this? All you have to do is read the section and then we'll walk through it together. You know, for my family, that's how that has to look. My husband, you know, and we both had this conversation. We share this with other couples. I'm a teacher. He's not. And so there's no resentment either way. We just try to build off of one another's strengths. So I provide the materials. I think like Kate said earlier, and you also, Jamie, we need to point out the gifts God gave to them. And encourage them to use those in our home. Um, my husband has the ability to see through all of the, um, you know, the exterior behavior to something and just point to the root of something, where I want to talk about it a lot. And so that's a gift that he has, and that's a great spiritual gift. He's able to be very specific. I think keeping it simple, um, offering to share the tasks, you know, with our spouses, sharing the need to have a leader above themselves that can keep our families going. I, you know, tell my husband, you just tell me what you're comfortable with doing, and then I'll try to do the best with the rest during the day or when you're not here. So they're not feeling the weight of it. Uh, You know, our husbands, unless they're being directed and discipled, are not receiving spiritual leadership themselves. And that's an important thing to talk about today. Uh, You know, encourage your husbands to seek that out and to get it and to be in the word, of course, um, do it with them. Um, But for for our family, I've learned to be a team with my husband and to do the areas that he's not comfortable with. It's just how our family has to operate.
0: Well, I think that's biblical to become one. Together, you make the one that stands before God doing the work. And it's okay that some of that is deferred specifically to you and deferred specifically to him within the realms of your gifts. What do you think, Kate?
2: Yeah, well, I'm going to get up in your face a little bit for just a minute, but some of you might need to hear this. I mean, think about this honestly. Are you letting him lead? Maybe he really isn't leading, but maybe you weren't letting him. Are you that take charge kind of woman with a strong personality. And maybe he's that more passive and introverted kind of guy. Are you constantly questioning his decisions or making him feel incompetent? Maybe you're more biblically knowledgeable than he is. And he's intimidated by you. Are you following his leadership in other areas of your marriage? Do you respect him in front of the kids? You know, some men are reluctant to lead because they have wives who are reluctant to follow. Many of us think the only way for our husbands to be a spiritual leader is if they lead devotions or read the Bible more. I mean, is that really true? Is he doing other things like helping people in the congregation or making sure his kids are at church? Or have you thought about this? You know, maybe his way of experiencing God is in the outdoors, not necessarily sitting around the table at night with the Bible open, reading scripture and talking about it. I think our way of looking at the word spiritual leader can sometimes just have a very narrow connotation. We think it has to be this very narrow way. And many men just don't see it that way. They live out their faith differently. It's not necessarily wrong. It's just different. And we need to exercise self-control, give our husbands the opportunity to talk and think, teach and share with us. I think it's important that we value him and how God made him. Even if you have a doctorate in theology, God chose him to be the head of your household and God called you to love and respect him, to build him up and encourage him to be the man God made him to be. So show him that you respect his opinion on the Bible. Ask him questions, respect him in front of your children. And here's the thing, if you have daughters, they're watching what to look for in a biblical marriage and they're watching yours. So show them an example of a wife who loves and respects and supports and encourages her husband it's important and it's going to go a long way when they're looking for a husband and looking at what biblical marriage looks like say
0: it again for the ladies in the back case amen <laughs> yeah we have to we have to be willing to say that i want my husband to lead but am i willing to follow yeah that was excellent um i just have a couple things i'd add Number one, ladies, and and Kate says this all the time. So I feel like I'm just echoing something that she's said in, in numerous episodes before, but pray because no amount of nagging is ever gonna change your husband. But sincere prayer is action. You know, we often look at prayer when we have this need, we often look at prayer as passive as passivity, but it's actually action. It's it's handing over our fears and our doubts and our questions. Um, it's worshiping and praise. It's calling upon God for the wisdom that we need. It's laying down every bit of control that we've clung to, laying down our rights um, in this situation. And it's it's really just It should be our first line of defense. So if you are in a situation where you just are desperate for spiritual leadership, go to the one who can raise up spiritual leadership in your home by praying about it. And then as Kate had mentioned, um, and September, accept the leadership style that your husband has, you know, my husband is a man of very few words. He's not the type to lead a Sunday school lesson or preach a sermon, but you know what? He can listen. He can encourage like nobody else. He'll be the first one to say, I'm sorry. And the first one to dole out an apology and, and forgiveness. And all of these are qualities of servant leaders, but I'd miss them if I was only looking for the man who could preach a good sermon or teach in the Sunday school class. He's not going to be the dad that dons, you know, a biblical costume at bedtime and, and puts on a, you know, a three act production of the nativity story. That's just not him but he offers so many other qualities and I'm so thankful for those, but I have to be willing to look for them and acknowledge them and and ask for his input. But then the other side of that is be willing to listen to it and give credence to the suggestions, even if we think there might be a better way or maybe an easier way, or even, dare I say it, a more biblical way. I think sometimes husbands don't lead Because like Kate said, we're not giving value to their leadership. We're not actually following. Um, And then be honest and share your desire for him to lead the family. Maybe maybe specifically through prayer or through Bible reading. If that's something that you really value and, and you'd like to see him step up and do, don't assume that he knows that. So be honest and share your desire. Now, I'm not suggesting that you nag or that you bring up this topic in an accusatory tone right in the middle of an argument. There's a difference between a desire and a demand. I'm just saying that you come to him in gentleness and in in humility, sharing your heart and your desire to be led. I think that will speak volumes to any man. And then September touched on this a little bit, but I want to poke the bear a little bit more. Prioritize time for him to learn spiritual leadership skills. Be okay with him maybe going to a men's Bible study meeting or an accountability group and don't make him feel guilty for needing that time to reach out to other men because how else is he going to learn it? So I know sometimes it feels like, well, I'm always home with the kids and and you get to go out and work and and have these um, experiences apart from the house. But if this really is a value of yours, and if you really want a spiritual leader in your home, you have to be willing to give him the time to develop those skills. Imagine the world change that would take place If we moms did the knee-bending work of prayer for our homes If we spent just as much time praying As we do providing perfect childhoods Perfect days Perfect dinners Our kids need perfection, that's true But it won't ever be found in us That's a gift only Jesus can lavish on them. If Kate, September, and I could encourage you in just one thing, it would be prayer. Nothing will be more powerful in the life of your kids and in your relationship with them than bringing them to the throne of the all-powerful one who can move heaven and earth on their behalf. To help direct your thoughts to specific prayer points found in scripture, we've put together a month-long series of prayer cards called 30 Days of Prayer for My Child. Each card contains a prayer theme, a verse that correlates with that theme, and a brief sample prayer to help you call upon God to be faithful to his word in light of your kids. To grab a set of your own, head to September and Co. Shop on Etsy. Pray for your kids today, because if you're not praying for them, Who will be? But what if we've tried all of those things, ladies, and our husbands are still not leading? When, if ever, is it appropriate for us to step up and do it ourselves?
1: You know, God does not say submit
0: to spiritual bankruptcy.
1: And I believe we've been given the word and we've been given honor for our husbands and we can still honor our spouse and their leadership. And we can still teach our children and study the word of God for ourselves without stepping out from under that respect. And that is where I've landed in my marriage. And I think this podcast episode is going to bless so many women, moms listening today. In fact, if you feel led, listen to it with your spouse and talk about it, have the conversation, you know, what does this mean for our family? What does this mean for me? What have I done to put you in a place of discouragement? How can I encourage you? I just feel like this is a topic that's not yet discussed very much. And if you are feeling spiritual bankruptcy, open the word of God. He's not keeping you from doing that.
2: Yeah. I think no matter what, you're still responsible to grow in your own relationship with the Lord, regardless of your circumstances just because he lacks in spirit, spiritual growth it doesn't mean that yours has to stop and hopefully your pursuit of god might motivate him to grow i mean you never know and you can still share with your children you can still hopefully read the bible to them at night and you know just share what you're learning with them you can still be going to church you can still be doing those things and growing in your own pursuit of the lord so don't stop that don't don't let his lack of leadership cause you to take any kind of pause in your own. I think just keep going.
0: What are some specific areas that we can pray for our husbands in the realm of spiritual leadership?
1: I think, I think the first thing we need to pray is that they will see the need, right? If they're not, if, you know, that's where we're coming from with this conversation that, you know, you're living or your home doesn't have a spiritual leader. And so this episode applies to you. Um, and a desire pray for them to have that desire. You know, if they do it to please you or they do it just to keep you from bothering them again about it, it won't last anything that has, um, longevity to it is usually because we have a desire. So I pray, I say pray for the need, pray that they'll have a desire, pray that they will be enabled to do this. Um, and that they'll have peace and wisdom. Pray that they'll have time to do this. A lot of times we give our husbands a lot of things to do as soon as their workday is over and um, we fill their schedule with so many things that has to do with family and it's hard to find the time. Um, I pray for my husband for guidance and for boldness, um, freedom to break free from bondage that maybe they believe that they can't do this or they're not from a family that never did this. There's a lot of things when it comes to spiritual leadership that we don't see that are, you know, in the spiritual realm, I believe that our husbands are dealing with and working through that we don't know. And to pray over those things, those unseen things.
2: Yeah, I, I agree, September. I think, um, yeah, we can ask God for to help them desire to take the lead. We can ask God to show us where maybe they are leading, but we're missing it. We should be praying they'll step up and take the lead because they want to lead, not because they're, we're nagging them to take the lead. Mm-hmm.
0: And this shouldn't be a name it, claim it kind of prayer. You know, we're not bringing our husbands to the throne in order to like rub the genie in a bottle and get our wish granted. But I think it's, it's you know, God says, knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you shall find. If you want wisdom, ask for it. So I think there's, certainly evidence in scripture that invites us to bring our husbands and our marriages and our families and our homes and the spiritual leadership of those homes to the throne um i would just add um pray that he'll know and love god more today than he did yesterday because in knowing and loving god more um, that will have a snowballing effect. He'll know and love God even more tomorrow, and that love for God will compel him towards God, and and will compel your whole entire household towards God. Um, pray that he'll be discerning and make wise decisions, and that those decisions will be seen and known by the members of your household. So even if he's not very vocal with his faith and with the decisions that he makes, they'll see him leading by example. Pray that God will multiply whatever time your husband spends in the word. And um, lastly, I guess I would just add that you can pray that he has a humble and teachable spirit and that with that, you allow the Holy Spirit to teach him. Don't be the nagging wife. So if you ask God to give your husband a humble and teachable spirit, the Holy Spirit, can lead him far better than you can. Do you have any final words, ladies, for the mom who's battling resentment or at at the very least disappointed in how her husband is or is not leading her family? What can that mom do to maintain that spiritual growth? And I know we touched on that a little bit, but do you have any, any final words for her, any words of encouragement?
1: You know, if you were sitting with me today for a cup of coffee or something, and you were telling me about your home and how you're feeling just so disappointed and you're discouraged, and maybe you are battling resentment with your husband, I would probably tell you two things. One is it's understandable that you are disappointed. It's, that's a real feeling. It's a real emotion. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to not feel that. Um, I think it's what we do with those emotions and those feelings resentment, you know, as soon as that begins to seep in, I think we're to a new level of, um, human emotion. We are taking it on as an, um, an offense, but disappointment is real because of course we crave spiritual leadership and, um, that's a normal thing. So I, I want to recognize that in you. It took me a long time for myself to differentiate between why am I craving this if, I can't have it. Or why am I craving this? If this is never going to happen, will that just go away? So you're, it's natural to be disappointed, but I want to say this is that your reaction to the disappointment is key and turning um, back in prayer and the things that Jamie listed off in Kate too, I would I'd encourage you to rewind this podcast after you're through listening and maybe get a notepad and write down those specific ways that you can pray for your husband and for you. I found when I turned my focus towards myself instead of my husband, things, everything changed. It was what my expectations were. It was focusing on my spiritual growth. It was focusing on my reactions and my expectations. It was focusing on how I could spiritually feed my family, my children. When, and when my husband wasn't home, which was most of the day, And I began to focus on enjoying the word and enjoying being a spiritual leader to my family. And all of that disappointment and all of those expectations slowly faded into the background because I was focusing on something other than my disappointment. It's so easy to get caught up in that. And I feel like when we do that, we're really placing this heavy burden that's not supposed to be there on our husbands. Don't be fooled to think that they don't know how disappointed you are in them when they spend time with you even when you're not talking about it it's always under the surface um you know we are one and they can feel that so i'd encourage you to to take the disappointment that is very real and to shift your focus to pray about it and to start focusing on how you can maintain spiritual growth jamie like you said and and for me that meant learning the bible with my kids um i came from a home that did not have a spiritual upbringing. We didn't have a spiritual leader. I didn't know a lot about the Bible when I married my husband. So I had this expectation that he was going to lead me, that he was going to teach me, that he was going to teach our kids. And there was going to be this great environment of biblical learning. And uh, then I realized partway through when my resentment was pretty deep that I needed to do this for myself. I needed to learn the Bible. And I, so I began teaching my children, sat down with them every day and we opened up the word of God and I learned right with them. And um, that has been the biggest blessing of my motherhood. And I've shared that on other podcasts um, from the beginning. And I continue to, to do that every day with my kids, because it's really about me learning with my kids and my kids see that.
2: That's wonderful advice, September. I love that. You know, the, the most important advice that I can give you is pray for your husband. Prayer moves mountains. You know, he needs God to convict him and change his heart, not you. You don't want him to be full of bitterness and resentment against you. So pray for him and pray for yourself that you'll maintain a quiet, submissive heart and that you won't nag or remind him of his faults and his failures. Love him where he is. Focus on his strengths and let God deal with his shortcomings. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. And as you pray, ask the Lord to show you how he sees your husband. I bet you'll begin to see him in a whole new light. God loves and adores him, and he gave him to you for a reason. So keep praying, Mama.
0: And remember that your faithfulness to God is never contingent upon your husband's faithfulness. So you still have access to God and can have an intimate relationship with him. That's not to say that you throw that up in your husband's face or that you allow your disappointments to breed a critical spirit, but that you just continue on in your own faithfulness. As a wife who wants to have her own deep abiding relationship with the Lord, it can be discouraging to feel like your husband is not on that same page, but you must remember that you cannot control how someone else chooses to follow a biblical mandate. You can only control how well you follow it. And scripture is clear. As a wife, you have four very distinct jobs. You are to love your husband. That's found in Titus 2.4. You are to help him, Genesis 2.18. You are to respect him, Ephesians 5.33. And you are to submit to him, Ephesians 5.22 and 30. And because of the sinful fallen nature in all of us, none of these are easy tasks, regardless of how well our husbands lead us. But here's the thing. This is the role God has given you. I know, at least in my own life, the moment I begin to step into doing for my husband what he's actually been called to do, I stop doing what God's given me to do. I hope that this um, last few minutes has been an encouragement to you. We know that this is not an easy job. Submission is never a word that any of us like to toss around, but it's there in Scripture. We would love to continue this conversation of spiritual leadership over on Instagram or Facebook. We invite you to join us there and share with us your thoughts of how you have seen encouragement in your marriage and in challenging your husband to step up to that spiritual leadership role. Thank you for joining us.